0: Hello and welcome to episode 150 of the LDS study session with me, your host Matthew Roberts. Thank you so much, first of all, for tuning in. Uh, we've had over 800 listens on Castbox and many others uh, elsewhere, and so I'm just grateful that there are some people who are finding the time to tune in for 5 to 10 minutes each day and uh, share my thoughts, uh, or allow me to share my thoughts with you about what I've been studying, and hopefully you can gain something from it or anything like that. Uh, What I wanted to do today, actually, was look at the New Temple Recommend questions. Uh, In our state conference last week, we had the opportunity in a priesthood leadership to discuss these changes and identify the key changes and differences between the old questions and the new questions and why those changes have been made. So I'd like to go through those today, uh, simply because I think that they are fascinating and really reflect the changes, the direction, the revelation that's been received recently in the Church uh, by the prophets, uh, and also just how times change as well so looking at, well i'll dive right in because uh, there are quite a few questions to look at so in the first and, and first and i also don't feel like an issue discussing these on this platform because those questions are well known they were published in they were pronounced well they were announced at general conference which anyone can listen to so i don't feel there's an issue uh, with discussing them so first question with the original questions was, do you have a faith in and a testimony of God, the eternal father, his son, Jesus Christ and the Holy Ghost? Uh, and that question has stayed the same in the new questions. So I'm not going to spend any more time on that. Very key, obviously, important uh, doctrine for members of the church. Number two, there is a slight difference here, which and I wonder if you can spot it. The old question says, do you have a testimony of the atonement of Christ and of his role as saviour and redeemer? And then the new one says, do you have a testimony of the atonement of Jesus Christ and of his role as your saviour and redeemer? And there are two key words that I've spotted that have been entered in there, the the name Jesus, so giving his full name of Jesus Christ, uh, which obviously I suppose is just making sure that we use his name, similar to how we use the name of the church fully now. But also the word your, your saviour and redeemer, which I think is implying that the important role that the saviour's atonement has on us individually rather than just being him being a general saviour and redeemer which i i've been studying a lot about recently and is really important so i'm really grateful for that change slight change again on the third one do you have a testimony of the restoration of the gospel in these the latter days the new question states do you have a testimony of the restoration of the gospel of jesus christ again making it clear that this gospel that is in these latter days isn't just a gospel for the latter days. It is a gospel, the gospel that Christ taught that has been restored, which I really you know, appreciate the change for as well. Question four focuses on the leadership of the church on the earth today. And there is some very interesting changes here as well. I'll focus on where the changes are because it's quite a long question. Well, there's three questions. The first question asks about... Um, belief about the president of the church, Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and sustaining the president of the church as a prophet, seer, and revelator. But there is a slight change. It. They both say, do you sustain the president of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints as the prophet, seer, and revelator? They both say that. But then the old question says, and as the only person on the earth who possesses and is authorized to exercise all peace of keys. Whereas the change in the new one says, and is as the only person on the earth authorised to exercise all priesthood keys. They've taken out the word possesses, which indicates that there is more than simply the presence of the church that possesses all the priesthood keys. And actually, doctrinally, that is correct, that there is more than one authority that holds all the priesthood keys, but is not authorised to use them all. And that is, of course, the quorum of the Twelve Apostles. Because, of course, if the presence of the church is the only one that possesses the priesthood keys alone, then when he dies then those keys are lost but we know that the quorum of the 12 apostles between them also hold the, the, the possess the priest all priesthood keys but they are not authorized to use them unless of course the president of the church is, is, passes away then they are then the authorized body to use those keys very slight change but a very principally and doctrinally sound change as well and another one that's changed slightly is do you sustain the general authorities and local authorities of the church. They've changed the word authorities for local authorities to leaders, which I think is interesting as well. Uh, and to be honest, out of the one so far, that's the one where I'm least un- understanding of why that change has been made. Maybe you'll have thoughts on that. Please share it at MattSRoberts90 or email at LDSG session uh, at gmail.com if you have any thoughts on that. Okay, number five is a big change. Whilst the other ones have just added or edited or removed a single word, this completely re-changes the, changes the whole question. Question five originally was, do you live the law of chastity? Now, it's quite more substantial. It says, the Lord has said all things are to be done in cleanliness before him. Do you strive for moral cleanliness in your thoughts and behaviour? Do you obey the law of chastity? Now, I think that this is clarifying and making clear the moral standard that members of the church should have. I think that perhaps in the, in the past, individuals may have thought law of chastity, oh, well, that's, you know, no sexual relations before marriage, or, and then obviously do not commit adultery once you are married. But of course, the law of chastity in, in envelopes and encapsulates much more than that. It's this moral cleanliness that we need to have. And so, you know, I think that that is something which has been identified as an area of, of need of clarification and support in these questions. The next is a rather large change as well for question six. It used to say, is there anything in your conduct relating to members of your family that is not in harmony with the teachings of the church? Whereas now it says, do you follow the teachings of the church of Jesus Christ in your private and public behavior with members of your family and others? The main change I can see here is it's now not just relating it to your conduct with family, but it's private behavior, public behavior, members of family and others. A disciple of Christ shouldn't simply just make sure they're living right in their home, but also in public and with others. We should be that same person at home, at church, at work, wherever. And so I suppose that's probably why the change has uh, taken place there. Question seven, I think that this is simply just a more concise wording, actually, uh, because it seems to have the same message, but just is similar, just is more concise. It used to say, do you support, affiliate with, or agree with any group or individual whose teachings or practices are contrary to or oppose those accepted by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints? Whereas now it simply says, do you support or promote any teachings, practices, or doctrine um, contrary to those of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints? So they basically slimmed down the words, made it a lot clearer and concise with that question, which again, I appreciate. Now again, uh, number eight, uh, used to say, Do you strive to keep the covenants you have made to attend your sacraments and other meetings and to keep your life in harmony with the laws and commandments of the gospel? Big change here now. Do you strive to keep the Sabbath day holy, both at home and at church? Attend your meetings, prepare for and worthily partake of the sacraments and live your life in harmony with the laws and commandments of the gospel. Um, Key changes here. Do you strive to keep the Sabbath day holy? That's not even mentioned in, in in the previous questions but has been a big push in the past six years or so. And so that has now been added as a question, on its, like separately to attending sacrament meetings. And interestingly, it says both at home and at church. And of course the come follow me uh, push, the reducing of two hours, uh, from three hours to two hours at church and a focus on the home being a center of gospel learning is, has all gone to for, gone before this to make this possible. And then it says, of course, prepare for and worthily partake of the sacraments and not just attend your sacrament meetings. There is a much more bigger push to a more reflective and deeper preparation for these meetings that is put forward in these questions, which again, you know, has to be done in these days. Um, Question nine, it used to say, are you honest in your dealings with your fellow men? And now it says, do you strive to be honest in all that you do? So again, not just with fellow men, but in everything you do, are you honest? And that, that, is a, that is a question that you, that will need to be asked and, and reflected on. Um, interestingly, question 10 has kept the same. Are you a full-time payer? It's very simple. And then uh, question 11 has changed from do you keep the word of wisdom to do you understand and obey the, the word of wisdom? And I think that, again, there's that idea of needing to understand these principles and doctrines of the gospel now rather than simply just you know, live them how we think that they should be. It's this making sure we know what is happening with these uh, things that we are committing to. Questions twelve, thirteen, and fifteen have largely remained the same. Twelve about meeting financial obligations to a former spouse or children, thirteen about keeping covenants made in the temple, um, including wearing the temple garments, and then number fifteen about do you what I think is the hardest question and will always be the hardest question. Do you consider yourself worthy to enter the Lord's house? Uh, and then question fourteen: Are there? There is a slight change here, which I think is important to pick on, pick up on. Previously, it said, "Have there any? Have there been any sins or misdeeds in your life that should have been resolved with priesthood authorities, but have not been?" And now it says, "Are there serious sins in your life?" I mean, I guess misdeeds is the same as sins. So they've taken that out. Are there, are there serious sins in your life that need to be resolved with priesthood authorities as part of your repentance? And I think this is very important, especially since listening to the um, Liberating Saints virtual summit about uh, pornography and other things like that. That going to a bishop, you know, I think that often people in the past have considered this as, you know, you go, you know, straight away. You talk about it with a bishop and then it's, you know, they just dish out whatever um, discipline needs to be dished out then it's done. But actually this repentance is a process and going to the bishop or or, or whomever or whatever you need to do with that depending on what it is and where you are in that process, it is a part of the process, it is not the only stage of the process and I think there has to be a lot of recognition that going to the priest's authority is only a part of that repentance and actually there is a big big process that that individual has to go through in terms of connecting with God um you know putting things right where they possibly can uh, and all these other things like that and so I think that's you know not a clear change as well that's been done for a reason so anyway I hope that uh you have uh learned from this and I hope that obviously that anything you uh, have in relation to this uh you, I invite you to share with me on the on the same platforms at Mattes uh 90 on Twitter or email at ldstudysession at gmail.com To finish, I'm just going to share a quote from President Russell M. Nelson when he was uh, unveiling these changes to the questions. He said, quote, The crowning jewel of the Restoration is the Holy Temple. Individual worthiness to enter the Lord's house requires much individual spiritual preparation. But with the Lord's help, nothing is impossible. In some respects, it is easier to build a temple than it is to build a people prepared for a temple. Individual worthiness requires a total conversion of mind and heart to be more like the Lord, to be an honest citizen and to be a better example and to be a holier person, close quote. And I feel that these, these questions now really push a focus from the doing of things to also the being of things as well. That's kind of my summary of it. And so I'd love to hear your thoughts. Thank you very much for your time and for listening. And until we meet again.